Big Finish for the love of stories. You're listening to the Big Finish podcast. Release date Sunday the 6th of August 2023. What is this place? Doctor! My word! It is you! Crikey! And it's this you! This is marvellous! Sorry, you may not know me. Or at least you may not know me yet. Harry, old chap. Oh, you do know me. Greetings to you. I'm Benji Clifford. He's Nick Briggs. This is Big Finish. Audiobooks, audio drama and this podcast. All for the love of stories. In a moment, Benji and I will be asking the question, is two company... After that, it'll be time for the Good Review Guy, reviewing the reviews of Out of Time 3, Wink, starring Colin Baker and David Tennant as two doctors out of time. Get it? Mm. (laughs) Hello, I'm the Doctor. Did you say a Doctor or... The Doctor. Hello. Then, earlier than usual, we go behind the scenes with the latest instalment of our 60th anniversary Doctor Who saga, I nearly said. Uh, Once and Future, Two's Company, you see, starring Colin Baker as the Doctor and Camille Kajuri as Jackie Tyler. Yes, it's a... Double feature here for Colin Baker. It's already in the review. Yeah, anyway, uh, they're two of my favourite people, by the way. And Two's Company is out next week, Wednesday the 16th of August. Yeah, I'm one of the good ones. Well, listeners' emails are back, sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. Your views electronically beam to us over the internet. Let's all take a moment just to think about how amazing that actually is. Wow. It's amazing. Yes, it's amazing. Uh, then the Randomoid Selectatron will once again be delivering a random release with a 25% discount skillfully attached to it by Big Finish content manager Jackie Emery. Still no relation to Dick Emery, the famed 1970s oh. TV variety act. No news, of course, on what Rand will select except this sneaky clip edited in from the future. Doctor, but it's thrilling. And finally, as always, we round off the podcast with a free 15-minute drama tease. And this week it is, of course, from Doctor Who Once and Future, Two's Company by Lisa McMullen. And now the district line's up the Swanley, so I'll have to get the bus. Which I wouldn't mind, but it's been that driver with the funny nostril hair for the last fortnight. The one who asked me out after I dropped my sausage rolls down the steps of his double-decker. No, I'm in our Rose's room looking for a pair of tights without a blooming ladder in them. So, two's company, three's a crowd, is what they say. That's that's, that's the old it's yeah. the old saying, isn't it? As it goes, old saying, old old. So, do you is, believe it? Is it true? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Well, I mean, not always, but sometimes. I think it's, <laughs> well, I think that's that soft. Thank goodness. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, two people can keep themselves occupied, but if you're not careful, the third person may be left out. However, if the group dynamic, on the other hand, works as a three then you're all right, you know? But it, it does change it, doesn't it? You know, there's... Yeah, of course it does. I mean, obviously, but it's weird that it does in a way that just two people talking to each other have a very different time. And, you, and the same two people, you introduce someone else that both those people like, and it changes the dynamic. It's 
I don't know, because we react to everyone. Or maybe this is just me. Maybe it's just me. We react to everyone slightly differently, don't we? We have a we behave slightly differently towards people. And you sudden, I find I suddenly get a bit self-conscious about saying something to someone in front of a, a equally valued third person. I think, oh, I don't normally say things like that in front of you. You know, it's weird, isn't it? Well, as well, I think we pick up characteristics and mannerisms and things from the people that we converse with. That's just part of, in my opinion, human beings, is that we, we do that. And so when another person enters the mix, there's you can't quite do that in the same way. And also we, yeah, like you say, I think we become more self-conscious and become probably more a, re- a more realistic depiction of ourselves. Oh, really? Maybe. I don't know, maybe. What, when you're self-conscious? Well, because you're not you're not able to masquerade behind something that the other person necessarily understands. You you're you're becoming more you know, if, if you if you if you've always got a certain way with somebody that you joke and lark around, then somebody else enters that way in. You have to make a decision whether you lark you become you continue doing that or whether you take into account this other person's dynamic and then so you, you end up having to either balance it or just accept who you are. I don't know, it's a bit bit of a I think there's always a there's always scenario. a danger that you have to guard against, which is hmm. like that two of you don't gang up on the other person slightly and make them the you know. I think I suppose it's if all three people that their image of themselves coincides largely with the other person's opinion of them. I think that's when when there are upsets, aren't there? When your view of who you are in a certain situation matches the expectation of the other people. You know, so for example, if you think you're a very worthwhile person and they think you're an idiot, that's not going to happen. That's not going to no, work. It's not going to click, really? is it? No. No, I, I think it's you know deep down we all want to be loved and appreciated. And I think when there's three people that like you say there is always that danger of one person feeling left out, or the alternative thing is two very big personalities gang up on the person who hasn't got the, the largest personality. And I don't believe Dr. Benjamin Clifford here of uh, you know MBE CBE. TWAT um, <laughs> essentially uh, you know I, I think if, if we're, we're not careful um, that can that can be something that happens I don't even think sometimes people realise it I think just large personalities isn't it yeah well that was quite deep wasn't it yeah 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 I'm not sure that any of that's really explored in uh, Once and Future 2's company but it's a nice title well done Lisa <laughs> yeah well, you, well I mean you never know you could, we could edit in a line just one line just, you know. Here it is. Degenerating. That was it. That was it. That was a very good line. Well, well there we go. <laughs> Two's Company 3 potentially is a crowd. Let us know. Well, it's in your emails. Uh, if we've got any psychologists out there who could perhaps uh, indulge us with your information, that would be most appreciated. Or if you're not a psychologist, quite frankly, you too. But anyway, right now it is time <laughs> for our Good Review Guide, finding the latest positive comments about Big Finish Productions to help... Recommend them for you. And as promised this week, we're looking at Doctor Who Out of Time 3. Wink. Hello, I'm the Doctor. Did you say a Doctor or... The Doctor. Hello. (sighs) What? From Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who Out of Time 3. Wink. You're not, by any chance, a Time Lord? Oh, depends who's asking. The Doctor. Hey, 
Over here, give us a hand with these statues. No, 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 no. no. Stop. These people can't see. We can't. What? They have no concept of sight. Why would they? No need of it. What are you talking about? Hello, this is Estra. Where are you, Dax? Ask him about the angels. Ask him if any of them have been moved. Hurry up! Uh, uh, I am! I am! Uh, the gates are shut! It's okay. They'll open automatically as we reach them. Uh, a little more appreciation, if you don't mind. We just escaped two of the deadliest time assassins in the universe. Yes, yes, yes. Very good. The Weeping Angels. To all intents and purposes, ordinary stone statues, but only when you're looking at them. The minute you turn your head, the minute you so much as blink. They're made of stone. It doesn't matter where they're facing. They can't move. They, they can. They might. And if you carry on, they definitely will. Where is that angel now? Big Finish for the love of stories. Well, just go to bigfinish.com and type wink into the search pane at the top to find this one. I haven't tried it, but I'm sure it works. I'm sure. I mean, I'll try it now. I don't mind. I'll I'll take the risk. All right. He likes a risk. Splink. Not blink. Wait, wink. And we come up with Doctor Who Out of Time 3, wink. Yeah, okay. And also Doctor Who, The Natural History of Fear. Don't know why. That's, and that. also, the Big Finish podcast of the 5th of the 6th, 2022, 10th Wink 5. Ah, I wonder why that was. That's well, probably it was the 10th Doctor in uh, 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 Wink and 5. What was that? Four, f- Must be the 5th Doctor. 5 Star 5? No, I don't know. Five Could be 5 Star 5. Yeah, could. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, do you want to click could, it and find out? I've, t- I've clicked off now. Close the tab, mate. Close the tab. Well, that's just typical of you. I, 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 I'm sorry. I, I made a mistake. I've just clicked uh, Paul, off. Why don't you just click off? Click off. Paul Simpson uh, hasn't made a mistake uh, from SciFiBulletin.com. Oh. Paul says, um, it's also one of the best uses of the angels on audio we've had so far. Given that there are species that you think would be least suited to the medium, the fact that they can borrow the voices of those they've killed has been a boon to writers and McMullen clearly plays with both our doctor's expectations of what the lonely assassins can do marking 15 years since the angels debuted wow um this is an excellent tale in every way 10 out of 10 15 years that's 15 years you know like I would say like significant cultural things that that people do. That's yes. fifteen years of people having a an irrational fear of statues. Yeah, and normal everyday people who aren't necessarily massive Doctor Who fans, but remember the episode. That's normal everyday people who will say, oh, "Don't blink." Yeah, exactly. A, a marvelous idea by Stephen Moffat. Really clever. Superb. Yeah, um, I don't remember. A couple of years later, we went on holiday to the Isle of Wight and rented a little house. And in the garden was a little statue. And I remember just videoing it. And Ben, my son, who was only very young at the time, like five or something, he just turned around and went, don't blink. I thought, oh, goodness. (laughs) The power, the power of, you know, that episode and that concept. Awesome. Okay, well, here's uh, Matthew Kressel, one of our favourites, uh, warpedfactor.com. He says, simply put, Wink is a superb listen. 
from two fan favourite doctors, that's Colin and David, to an iconic foe and a setting that could only work on audio. It once more showcases uh, Big Finish's ability to bring a best of all worlds approach to their Doctor Who storytelling. Interesting comment, Matthew. A food for thought indeed. Thank mm. you. Well, bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk, Mark Donaldson, says Wink is a well-paced, tense thriller of a Doctor Who story that just so happens to have two Doctors in it. Mm. The multi-Doctor elements feel like a nice bonus in a solid Weeping Angel thriller. I'm just going to disable hyphenation on this document because it's driving me mad. But anyway. Disable hyphenation. <laughs> Thank you, K9. Um... Here we go. We are cult dot rocks. Ezekiel Thorpe, are you ready for this? I'm Overall, ready. Uh, I just feel like Ezekiel's done that on purpose. Uh, Wink is a very good hour of drama. It's an extremely pleasurable way to spend an hour, okay, with unique ideas and great performances bouncing off the walls. And although it's probably not the deepest Doctor Sue, Doctor Sue story, who's Doctor Sue? <laughs> Dr. Sue. Over to Dr. Sue now, who's examining the entrails of a rat. Um, (laughs) Yes, it's... (laughs) Which absolutely isn't a bad thing at all, says Ezekiel. Fair enough. It's perhaps everything you could ever want from a Doctor Who audio. Wow. Mm. That sort of bounces around off the walls as a a review, doesn't it? Nice one, Ezekiel. I like saying your name, Ezekiel. Ezekiel. It's a beautiful name, name, isn't it? Well, and talking of beautiful names, HoganReviews.co.uk, David Hogan, son of Hulk Hogan, says, uh, Wink could have easily just been uh, a fun multi-doctor story. Well, you know something, brother. Uh, But instead, uh, the holster. Uh, It was a top-class sci-fi story, a great Weeping Angel story, and a fun multi-doctor story. It over-delivered in a big way. Highly recommended, and that's five stars. That's what we like. Cheers, five Hulkster. stars. Amazing. Um, yeah. Oh, you're you're reading the next one as well because oh, I messed up not? the script. <laughs> oh well, it happens the best for Squire. Cultbox.co.uk and McArdle says, uh, "Wink, um, wink," uh, provides a fascinating backdrop for this meeting of doctors. It's a pleasing temporal puzzle of an adventure on a world where the angels should have the ultimate. Advantage, and this is a strong five out of five stars. There, amazing. Well, you say five out of five, it doesn't say out of five. We don't know how many stars were possible. This is true, yeah. I mean, infinite stars, infinite universe. Quite a low mark. No, brilliant. Uh, DoctorWhoReviews.net. Kyle, no surname, uh, filled with iconic voices and imagery, and in the end, seemingly providing the sixth Doctor with the impetus to consider a wardrobe change to blue. (laughs) <laughs> Wink is filled with plenty of nods to both of its doctors. I'm nodding. I'm nodding. It's like, that, like that dog, you know, the uh, the nodding dog on the dashboard. Yeah, I'm yeah. Sure. Well, it's usually on the back, isn't it? Not on the dashboard. Oh, no, you have them on the dashboard. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, yes. 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 It nods to both of its doctors' eras while lovingly emphasising the incredible strengths and unique quirks of both incarnations. If this is truly the end of Out of Time, this brief series of interludes has consistently delivered and gone on an un undoubted gone out on an undoubted high note four stars where's the fifth star kyle it's so high just couldn't can reach it <laughs> yeah but on on some social media platform or another whatever they are whatever it's called um, samuel days. little eight uh, the owner of the little uh, shopping franchise says <laughs> uh, doctor who out of time three wink 
I rate a very strong 10 out of 10. 10, 10. Can't say fairer than that. Uh, at Andrew on sea air. As in on sea air. On sea air. Yeah. Uh, Wink delivers a satisfying conclusion to the Out of Time trilogy, having David Tennant and Colin Baker unite against the Weeping Angels in at Lisa McMullen's script. Terrifyingly marvellous. Just picturing somebody marvelling at something and then jumping out of their skin. Yeah. yeah. Uh, an awful Jack says, <laughs> oh, just one of the many awful Jacks says, <laughs> uh, just finished uh, Lisa McMullen's Out of Time 3 wink from Big Finish. And I just adored it. Two of my favourite doctors who I never thought would meet in a perfectly paced, fun and wonderful adventure. Truly something special. Nice one. Oh, lovely to get uh, Colin and David together in that. Uh, next week, the Good Review guy is taking a summer break to enjoy the rain. <laughs> Ooh, uh, but yeah. when it returns, we'll be looking at the War Master's self-defence with Derek Jacobi, as always, on Top 4. Don't forget, we've got the return of listeners' emails rapidly approaching, <laughs> along with trusty old Ran, the Randomoid Selectatron, giving you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. Oh, I can't wait. Now, oh, uh, oh not half. First, let's take an early look, very early, uh, behind the scenes of the latest instalment of our Doctor Who 60th anniversary special, Saga, Once and Future and an episode that was recorded way back in April 2021. My Wowza. goodness. Yeah, producer David Richardson had this all planned out meticulously. Amazing, isn't it? It's... Um, Never man. Hmm? Two's Company. Hello, I'm Helen Goldwyn, and I am the director of Two's Company. Oh, come on, we may have a mystery benefactor, but I have a horrible feeling that the person laying all the traps is a Time Lord. I thought you was a Time Lord. Yeah, I'm one of the good ones. So this is a really interesting script because it is a kind of origin story for a character that we see numerous times in the Big Finish um, drama world. It's the story of the two. And for those who are familiar with uh, all the other permutations of, of Doctor Who, you, you'll know that there are other numbered characters that pop up we've had the 9 the 11 the 12 all sort of different versions of the same character and the 2 is sort of the earliest incarnation of that character so it's really interesting to see him and his beginnings and and his vendetta against the doctor and it's also our first opportunity to see lady christina and jackie tyler having some fun together and having an adventure i'm lisa mcmullen and i wrote two's company the concept of, of this, of Once and Future, oh my gosh, it's clever. It's brilliant. I mean, it, it's just the perfect way to involve all the Doctors and all the companions um, across the the television world, the the film world, the, the, the big finish world of, of Doctor Who. It, it's very, very clever. Uh, it's, it's just genius. Doctor, it's the wrong face. You should have turned into my Doctor. Except not here, not now. Been there, done that, I'm afraid. Uh, who am I now? Oh, oh, now this. This was a coat. So I was allocated um, the sixth Doctor, Jackie Tyler, Harry Sullivan, Lady Christina and the two as the characters to play with in this episode. Finding a story 
that would involve... I mean, because you've got Lady Christina, you immediately want to do something to do with stealing some sort of precious jewel. I mean, but how do you get Jackie Tyler and Lady Christina in the same world? How do you get those two to meet? Because they come from such different social backgrounds. So I had the idea that Jackie would be going to Lady Christina about a cleaning job. I'm Colin Baker. I play the Sixth Doctor sometimes. Hello, I'm Michael Maloney, and I play two. What will it be like when I have two, three, four, ten, eleven voices in there? What will I become, Doctor? Well, how is blowing up? My TARD is going to help. Well, he's a time lord for a start. Yes, exactly. Um, and and so they're they're fighting on common ground. And he's got two personalities, so he should be twice as clever. But it's the Doctor, you see, so he's not. Exactly that, exactly <laughs> that. I'm cancelling myself out. But he has, he, it's quite clear from the writing alone, he has enormous knowledge. And it's what he doesn't say that intimates that, I think. And then, of course, he, he can speak to the good Doctor as a, a, a contemporary. And I think you've got, got room for some cracking dialogue there, too. This is my first go at writing the sixth doctor who i adore so that was a real treat um, and they play off each other just brilliantly we wanted a real almost antagonism between the sixth doctor and, and jackie tyler because she is quite a lot she's a she's a bit much really um but then a, a grudging gradual realization that she's a friend of his in the future just go to bigfinish.com and type two's company into the search pane at the top to find this one. And it's released next Wednesday, the 16th of August. Meanwhile, it's time for listeners' emails. Some beautiful mouth action there from you, Nick. <laughs> Thank you. It's wonderfully uh, it's done. It's often been said. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you don't you, you don't need to be two or three or four or five just the one will do and if you want to send your emails in you can send them to podcast at bigfinish.com you don't need to do that in a group you can just do it yourself uh, um uh, yeah and that's exactly uh what fiaz uh has done uh, with the subjects oh we're going back in back in time to the podcast of yesteryear yeah. cd players and rebecca root yes hi there hi, hi there, there. Uh, I just know you both did the simultaneous hi there that you always do. And if you didn't, well, then the joke is on me. No, I, I deliberately did it, Fires, as I didn't want to let you down. No, we can't. We can't. We're too good for that. Um, I hope you're both doing fantastically well. Yes. Uh, I know I am. Um, that's what Fayaz says. Um, not, I mean, I am doing fantastically well. But <laughs> I, you know, I just had to clarify that those yeah, yeah, words yeah, yeah, were yeah. were not mine, but they it are now. In inverted commas. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But I am doing well. I'm currently on a family holiday. Ooh. This is the, in the email. I'm not on a family holiday. <laughs> so just, oh fuck! Yes, this is going too far. Stop. Uh, I'm currently on a family holiday <laughs> and just got the news that I got a first class degree at university yes, I wish, I wish that was me now I wish that was me um, a better way uh, what a better way to catch up on all the podcasts I've missed during exam season um, well congratulations I say you deserve it yeah. uh, a few weeks ago uh, in the podcast entitled Dragon's Domain Nick had asked if anyone still owns a CD player Indeed. in fact I own two what? I 
Ah, yeah, pushing the boat out here. I have one for listening to my CDs at home. Uh, and way back when, when the morning began with the crowning of a rooster. I think uh, the crowing I, of a rooster. I don't. Oh, is King <laughs> King Rooster, King Rooster of the Rooster family. Um, I wish. Yeah, from now gonna on, go the out morning, and crown a rooster. <laughs> from now on, the morning, <laughs> the morning only begins by crowning a rooster king for a day. Um, I bought a portable CD player so I could listen to the big finished discs I'd bought from third-party vendors whilst on the go. I'll be honest, this does not get much use these days, as using a digital as opposed to optical format is much easier. Mm -hmm. But whenever I'm at home, the preferred option will always be to listen to the audio on CD. As for cassette tapes, I'll be honest, I don't listen to cassettes unless I do so for the novelty of listening to a cassette. <laughs> but if I, if limited edition cassettes of certain stories were to come out, just as there are for vinyl, I'm sure there'd be a market for it. Yeah, cassettes are weirdly a weird fringe thing that bands do now is release their is r- And they are rubbish. Cassettes. cassettes are rubbish. But no, I, I know what you mean. There's the nostalgia thing. We should definitely consider it as a fun thing to do. And what does that emoji with the two eyes mean? Is that kind of... It's kind of... That's kind of... Uh, you know, it's kind of a uh, looking... Here's looking at... Yeah. You know, like... It's basically saying, I'd buy one. It's like, mm, yeah. That crowning of the that. rooster uh, thing reminds me... My late mother used to say, if she was going to hit me, she'd say, I'm going to crown you. <laughs> crown yeah. you. It's supposed to be a whack over the head, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah. Clip around the ear. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe we could crown a rooster. Um, a speaking of CD releases, not necessarily. I think they, they would have the perks. The rooster would be a king for a day. I wouldn't crown it like wacky. Yeah, well, crown that's it what I'm saying. Little, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Give yeah, it a the king, crown the king rooster. Head, yeah. we'll, we'll go with that. Yeah, <clears> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't whack a rooster. I'm not. I'm not mean and nasty. Well, it's and, just that you, you said know. that after I said the no, whacking I, I know thing. I you said, yeah, I, maybe we should crown a rooster. No, no, no. I was, I was thinking on a different plane. What the roosters done to you? Yeah, yeah. Well, crowing in the morning. He's really got it in for them. Yeah, yeah. We've got, we got alarm clocks. We don't need you anymore. Um, I do like the, the crowing of a rooster. Pathé News. It was Pathé. Yes, it is Pathé News. You're right. Do you remember as well the old Pathé Films thing? I think it's the 2000 with the coat hanger. That turns and then you see the reflection of the rooster. Yeah, great, great times. Blooming. Great, great. Oh, he knows. Speaking of CD releases, I was wondering whether Big Finish would ever consider doing a print-on-demand service mm. for those releases that are no longer in print. Uh, CD releases are cherished by collectors who love to see releases arranged on display, and the gaps in the collection serve only as a painful reminder of what we're missing out on. If there's ever a petition to Big Finish to at least consider print-on-demand releases so those of us with a hole in our hearts or our collections can firmly have it filled please consider my name added to the list oh it's probably really expensive to do cds it is on demand. it is um but i i agree with that i think we should do that but unfortunately it would be very expensive that that's the downside of it fires you you would have to pay a lot of money i would actually controversially and luckily for so many people listening, it's not my decision. But I would love us to go to digital only, but with print-on-demand CDs for anyone who wants one. So the CDs would be extremely expensive, but we wouldn't be holding loads of stock all the time, which tax-wise is quite expensive. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I would, yeah, 
Once upon a time, print-on-demand CDs, the quality wasn't very good. There was quite a high fail rate. But I think things must have improved by now. Don't you think, Benji? Are you a technology expert who can reassure me? I mean, I'm pretty sure that they, they would be fine. I, mean, I think that the key is I just don't know how if there's even a service that really prints-on-demand CDs anymore that aren't singular CDs as opposed to, like, a small run. Like, yeah. It's very hard to, to, to do that. So I don't know. It's not like books get printed on, like, Lulu, for example, and they yeah. can just knock them out. Um I don't know. It's, it's yeah. I wonder what, how small the runs would be. Um, I mean, if I have a look, disc on demand, yeah. CD clickers. Um, yeah, are you ready? Create your project again. It, it seems like quite a laborious process to do. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it. Again, it's the type of thing you'd have to probably be in touch with somebody. CD shrink wrapped and then you've got to take into account what it is yeah i think it would be a, a real pain quite frankly hmm okay well uh, that's one for the future <laughs> yeah one for future us to think about um <laughs> i'd also like to rewind a little further question that nick had posed ages back perhaps as far back as last year. I recall Nick asking how many people like to consume Big no, Finish. How people, when... not how many. Oh, sorry. How many? Oh, how? Sorry, I should read. How people like to consume Big Finish when on holiday. Yes. I often don't listen to Big Finish when on holiday, yeah. but just last night there were thunderstorms from the monsoon raging all around the house I'm staying in. There's monsoon inside the house. Um... <laughs> From the, the covered porch, I could only see palm trees in the distance struggling to stay upright as they were battered by the rain and wind. Wow. And during all that, you could hear Nick and Benji ringing out across the foliage. <laughs> um, incredible. Um, it was a surreal experience. A very surreal experience. I do, I, do, I do love when people do send and post videos of themselves listening to the podcast. I remember... There was, uh, I've had some great ones. One of my favourites was somebody who went fishing and was sitting in a boat just listening to the Benji Nick show. I thought that was really fun. <laughs> um, uh, finally, that was uh, very I evocatively also... described, wasn't it? All that I thought that I was beautiful. That. Yeah, I was. I, was, I felt like I was. I was in the middle yeah, of the monsoon. Yeah, I could hear it—the rustling of the foliage. <sighs> And us making rubbish jokes whilst you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, whilst all this is going on. <laughs> Finally, I wanted to say how lucky I was to have seen a production of A Midsummer Night's Dream at the Globe Theatre a few weeks back, starring none other than Rebecca Root. She was absolutely phenomenal in it, and it was such a pleasure to see her perform physically instead of just orally for once. If anyone is in London, tickets are as low as £5. I'd really recommend going. It was well worth it just to go to the Globe, let alone the great performances go 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 uh, thank you uh, both for taking the time to read my email and for all the work you do at Big Finish kind regards fires a lamb thank you uh, next up this is from Mark Bennett and OAF Clothes is the title of uh, his email hi Nick and Benji and possible guest and, and stroke or guests hi there hello 
<laughs> what? what? <laughs> you iconoclast. Swerve you there. Swerve you. <laughs> so I'll get straight to the point. How on earth should we be picturing the outfit the doctor's wearing in each of their once and future stories? The conundrum of this is driving me up the wall as logic suggests one thing, but the covers and trailers suggest another. I have to run a kind of split screen visual in my head to cover both possibilities and therefore be right with one of them. I always take the story content itself as the primary source. After all, we've had all sorts of understandable and ignorable liberties uh, taken there on the artwork front cover over the years. I've read that very badly. Davison's second costume appearing too early, etc. Good Lord! Who's in charge of that range? Uh, but nothing in story so far gives any sense that the Doctor is hastening along to the wardrobe room each time he degenerates to pop on that particular incarnation's mouldering old togs. <laughs> mouldering old togs from the... Uh, yeah. Anyway. So, are we meant By to Lieutenant be picturing Pigeon. McGann's... Pardon? You said mouldering old togs. I said by Lieutenant Pigeon. You know that song, Mouldy Old Doe? It just sounded. Sorry, it was really niche. Mouldering old well, look it togs. <laughs> look it up, folks. So, are we meant to be picturing McGann's costume throughout, fitting loosely or too tightly by turns? Is McCoy tripping over his trouser hems? Or is it. I think, I think you'll actually find that Sylvester McCoy and Paul McGann are almost exactly the same height. Uh, even though for the. Um, publicity shoot for the tv movie they put paul mccann on a box so he looked taller anyway, <laughs> or is it meant to be like uh, in dimensions in time where somehow the costume just magically changes to suit yeah dimensions in time obviously to be taken very seriously uh, maybe with the tardis helping out power of the daleks style to instantly clothe the doctor in what they always felt most comfy in it's a real question isn't it mm. um i think we'd have to ask david richardson who's the producer of once in future uh, perhaps nobody involved thought about it. I bet they did. Or at least the need to provide an audiovisual. Why does that phrase ring a bell? Or maybe uh, mm -hmm. it was discussed throughout but felt to be too tangential to the main story thread to be anything other than a distraction. But it is! <laughs> That's in. in <laughs> with asterisks either side of it and in bold and capitals. Distracting. That's the problem, says Mark. It is. Uh, now, now I'm totally distracted by it. We should find out. I'll try and find out for next time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write to David Richardson now and ask him. It's, it's important. A listener has written in to ask what, what costumes each degenerated doctor is wearing in Once and Future. Do you have a view? Winky emoji. Right. Okay. <clears throat> anyway, despite this whole issue keeping me awake at night, not really, well, not much, well, a tiny bit, <laughs> I just want to also say that The Artist at the End of Time was a really beautiful story and an instant 10 out of 10 for me. What a moving concept it has at its heart. And the whole story is so beautifully written, performed and scored. The best once and future, that's OAF, has a lot to live up to after that. But it can be listened to in isolation as a perfect thing anyway. Its own work of art, in fact. Well, that's the thing with once and future. You can kind of listen to it separately. But there is, the, of course, the continuing 60th anniversary theme going uh, throughout it. Thanks in advance for any answer given to my clothing question, even if it's 
<laughs> even if that's dunno does it matter it wasn't that was it mark i it, it does matter which i strongly <laughs> suspect it will be well see proves you wrong there so asking more in hope than expectation of a definitive answer yeah i haven't given you that i'll, I'll give you that best wishes mark thank you well we should find out hopefully soon if david richardson has the time to reply we, we shall see uh, and finally our good friend philip edney uh, from the australian podcast the sirens of audio has provided us with a lovely review that arrived just too late for us to include when the good review guide covered sherlock holmes the fiends of new york city so here it is uh, Sherlock Holmes, The Fiends of New York City by Jonathan Barnes is a gripping play that transports listeners to the world of London at the turn of the century. Once again, Jonathan has written a story worthy of the great Conan Doyle himself. The story is full of twists, shocks and great character moments. Uh, it's a carry-on from the seamstress at Peckham Rye. The production value... a carry-on film. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on the seamstress of uh, Peckham Rye. Um, the production values of this audio drama are top notch. Benji Clifford has created a rich and immersive atmosphere, effectively capturing the diverse settings, such as the ambience of London streets, the bustle of theatre, and the intimacy of Baker Street. Oh, thank you very much. Um, Scored by Jamie Robertson, the music sets expectations, reveals emotions, and embeds the story well into its time and place. Nicholas Briggs delivers an exceptional performance oh. as Sherlock Holmes. Holmes is older now, but Briggs is still so able to, to capture the character's eccentricity, deductive prowess, and unwavering determination. I see. Yes, I always like the fact that I once went to the Sherlock Holmes pub with you now, so I can I can say I've been to the Sherlock Holmes pub with Sherlock Holmes. Um, <laughs> elementary, of course. Richard Earle's portrayal of Dr. Watson oh. is equally praiseworthy, perfectly embodying the loyal companion and also husband with unwavering support and astute observations. The chemistry between the two lead actors is undeniable, and their dynamic brings the iconic detective duo to life. All the cast are sensational, from the evil seamstress played by Juliet Aubrey to Watson's wife with secrets, Lucy Briggs-Owen. Mm -hmm. Supported by a regular repertory of big Finnish actors in the likes of Timothy Bentink, John Banks, Glenn McCready and James Joyce. Or is that... Jess Fielder. No, it That's, is James Joyce. James Joyce. Ken Bentley, as always, does a solid job as director with so many scenes, such a large cast, and so much essential plots to unfold. It must have been a logistical nightmare plotting out the recording of this story. But as always, Ken pulls it all together. The Fiends of New York is an enthralling audio adventure that successfully captures the essence of the beloved detective's world. Philip Edney, The Sirens of Audio. Isn't that lovely? Lovely review, yeah. Philip does I remember with, with, with that story in particular, it was one of the very early uh, COVID recordings. Yeah. And um, we hadn't, we really hadn't got together like how we were all going to do it and how it would all work. Uh, and so it was a real, from a logistics stance, 
I remember it was quite there was quite a lot of jiggery pokery to get things right and get get everybody to kind of fit in place. I remember James Joyce. There were so many seagulls behind him, and everyone kept thinking it was me because I lived by the sea. But my <laughs> my shed is pretty sound insulated, and we go Nick. They're saying Nick, is that your seagulls? And James would go, uh, sorry, it's me. <laughs> well, the other thing as well is I, I seem to recall is at this stage I think home recording microphones were not as widespread as they are now and so we had a range of different qualities and I actually remember that in order to get it to sound correct I've I've still got this on a preset actually there's a thing called um, Sherlock Holmes EQ which is I actually had to almost EQ you because your microphone is is you've got a very good setup i actually had to eq no, I, you slightly down didn't i to no, get it i provided you with a setting for me because i wasn't happy with because i i, I had too much sound insulation around me then and it was sounding too ah. muffled and, uh, oh, and uh, yeah it? and i sent you i i actually because you said i don't think i can do anything and i listened to me and i fiddled around with it and then i said use this and then it seemed to solve it it works yeah, yeah. oh that was that it yeah because yeah. i remember that that it was some, something to do with that that we had to change and, and make it work and it, and it and it did in the end it sounded great is that the one we got the award for um potentially i don't know uh, we did de- i think it was it might have been this but it will be it? on the website hold on oh, it should be it was either that or the seamstress of peck and yeah. Rye, wasn't it how frivolous of us. Was that the one I got an award for? I, I can't remember. <laughs> Reviews and awards. No, oh, no, maybe not. Maybe it's the other one. Yeah. It was probably the seamstress of Pick and Rye. If it's not Yeah, we got yeah, we got the, the audio award for best audio drama for the seamstress of Peck and Rye. They were well, very easy to get confused because there, they were basically. they were both kind of they were both recorded at the same time, weren't they? So it was it was very yeah, it's very easy to get. Were them they confused. recorded at the same time? Yes, they were, and they were as well as that they were edited back to back as well. I seem to recall. Uh, oh, right, right. I think so. Anyway, yeah, yes, they were. Yes, they were. So it was just a case of get it, get it done, get it, got it um, done. Yeah. Interesting. Well, great, great review there. Thank you for the kind words. Thank you, Philip. Uh, that's it for the emails. Next week in another summer short port podcast. Porthole. <laughs> Got a summer short podcast. Uh, the emails will be taking another rest, but keep them coming in as after our summer week off, I promise you, we'll be back with a bumper edition with more emails in. And actually, uh, I think three releases we'll be talking about. Three, all three of them. Very exciting. Uh, but don't forget that there'll be a drama tease of next week's once and future release to's company at the end of this podcast. But first, it's the Randomoid Selectatron, where we randomly select a big finish release and offer you a 25% discount on it. That's right, Ran has chosen. It's Doctor Who, The Doomwood Curse. Oh, Oldie, right. this one, yeah, 2008. Hayley Atwell, no less, as guest star. I was about to say that. That's when I had to uh, clean up her her dog's poo-poo in the green room. (laughs) (laughs) How funny. 
And she was so unconcerned about it. I said, oh, your dog's done a poo. And she went, oh, goodness. I thought, I was a, there's a woman who's used to being uh, very important on a film set. Right. Uh, here's the trailer. Doctor Who, the Doomwood Curse. Oh, Doctor, but it's thrilling. Curses and tombs, revenge from beyond the grave, scheming gypsies and... Highwaymen, of course. It is the curse of our family. A bough falling from that tree heralds the death of the eldest Doomwood. This is the Doomwood curse. Curses are just superstition. They have no power. Rookwood, the book that invented Dick Turpin. Uh, no, Doctor. I think you'll find Dick Turpin was a real person. Stand and deliver! Your money or your life. Open the gate, damn you. Not till I got my due. I'll give you what you're due, man. Can't you see that's a highwayman there? You can't possibly be this man's sister. You are Charlotte Pollard. No, Charlotte Doomwood. In times to come, when town folk and country folk alike tell her this ride, the greatest heroine of them all is brave Black Beth. I understood that you did not believe in such things as curses, Doctor. I don't, but I'm very much afraid that this world does. I think the answers may lie in a book. Available now from BigFinish.com. This was, of course, part of the uh, the whole sixth the Doctor and Charlie Pollard crossover that we did, and we had such fun with it. Was only intended for a couple of stories, but Colin and India Fisher, who plays Charlie Pollard, worked so well together. It worked out beautifully, I think. And this was written by Jacqueline Rayner, and uh, a great fun story it is out of print on cd not even print on demand um uh, but you can get it as a digital download so um you know how it goes don't you uh how does it go while i email jackie emery the content manager at big finish and no relation whatsoever to dick emery to inform her of our (laughs) random selection so that she can set the offer live on the bigfinish.com website quite a task benji would you have the impertinence to tell us how we get that 25 percent discount i'm sorry i knocked the microphone when i said that Yes, it's absolutely fine. I'll do the same throughout the whole of this explanation, no one. Uh, all you need to do... What do you mean? Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, um, this is how I always This act. seems to be a technical problem with the podcast. The technical problem is my hand keeps hitting the microphone on purpose. Um, <laughs> just go to bigfinish.com when you're over there. Head to the podcast page on the menu at the top. Once you're on the podcast page and you're looking at our faces, you, you will see a Look thing that says... Look at my face. Look at my face. You'll see a thing that says read more. Click to read more. Then underneath us in the blurb, it'll say the Random Void Selectatron also features offering you a 25% reduction on the selected release. Just click here and enter the code buck up. Uh, to buck up, you it. say? So you enter. Yes, buck up. That's been reworded. They've changed the wording. It's normally, isn't it? Normally a 25% discount, I seem to be, but who knows? Uh, enter the code what? buck up. That's B U C K U P. Enter the code, click here, enter it in, and you'll get your discount. What 25% off. The randomized selection also features often you a 25% reduction. I always thought it was 25% discounts, but uh, oh, maybe not. Maybe I just imagined it. Who knows? No, I think you're right. They've, they have changed the word to reduction. I wonder, that must be some. 
legal reason for it. Anyway, good job, Ran. As mentioned, next week's podcast is a bit of a shorty, and mm. we'll be covering a mystery release that, uh, by the time you get to the podcast, you'll have heard about. Yes, it's a surprise! Ooh. And in the meantime, it only remains for me to say that this edition of the Big Finish podcast was presented by me, Benji Clifford, and him, Nick Briggs. Nick also wrote, produced, and edited it. I have to own up to that. And of course, Benji and I did this... For the love of stories. And finally, on the Big Finish podcast, happy 60th anniversary, Doctor Who, in advance, is Doctor Who, Once and Future, Two's Company by Lisa McMullen. Beautiful sunny day across London and the southeast. Traffic slow moving on the north circular, however, and reports of an accident affecting travellers eastbound on the M25 between junctions 7 and 8. Yes? Uh, I've got a letter for the doctor. Big blue box, Streatham High Street. Is this Streatham High Street? It is. Yeah. Curious. I was aiming for the inner moon of Kapoor. What year is it? It was 2006, last time I looked. When was that? The last time you looked? Years can get away from you if you don't keep an eye on them. Much obliged for the correspondence. And now the district line's up the Swanley, so I'll have to get the bus. Which I wouldn't mind, but it's been that driver with the funny nostril hair for the last fortnight. The one who asked me out after I dropped my sausage rolls down the steps of his double-decker. No, I'm in our Rose's room looking for a pair of tights without a blooming ladder in them. Her room looks like a bomb's hit it. I swear, she breezes in from God knows where. What? No, I told you, I'm going to see about that cleaning job. Mind you, if they could see the state of this place. The tat she's brought back from her travels. I found this little necklace the other day. Little trinkety jewellery thing, just lying round in her drawers. It's got a funny little dial on it. It could be worth a fortune. Flame me, Nora! What the heck? Did you hear that or am I going mad? What do you mean, what? That, that noise? Like someone just opened all the windows and let a flock of pigeons in. Oh, look, I'll have to call you back when I'm on the bus. I'll let you know if John the Nostrils cracks onto me again. I swear, it's going to be one of them days. Interesting. Developments, Dr. Sullivan. Possibly. The element we're looking for, it, it's unlike anything on Earth. That's because it's not from Earth, Harry. Well, quite. 
But the way it behaves when exposed to certain terrestrial elements is extraordinary. The cellular mutations are fascinating. Watch this. What did you do? No, no, that wasn't me. Your experiment, look at it. He's never done that before. It's reacting to something. I wonder... What is it, Harry? Why are you looking at me like that? That sound. You must recognize it. it it's a... A TARDIS. A TARDIS? That is appalling parking. It's not a TARDIS, Doctor. It's the TARDIS. Your TARDIS. Right? No, it can't be. Oh! Isn't it bad luck to cross your own timeline? Yes, very. Smart man, Harry. Would you mind awfully popping down to find out what they, what I want? Will do. Do I tell him about, uh, well, about you? No, best not. Might inadvertently rip a hole in space-time. But find out what they're doing here. Righto. Back in the jiffy. Oh! Oh, goodness me! It's them! It's the Doctor! Yes, but which one? And how much do they know? What is this place? Doctor! My word! It is you! Crikey! And it's this you! This is marvellous! Sorry, you may not know me. Or at least you may not know me yet. Harry, old chap. Oh, you do know me. How? Uh, I don't suppose you can tell me. Well, it's complicated. I haven't quite worked it all out yet. I'm not entirely myself. Or rather, I'm more myself than I look. More myselves, rather. Do you understand? Not in the slightest. I'm not surprised. Hang on one moment. It looks different in here. Of course it's different. Everything changes, Harry. Even the TARDIS. Even you. You're older. Are you? Every day. Very good. So you should be. So we all should be. And yet, at the moment, I find myself otherwise. Ah, there it is. Did you send me this letter? I say letter, it's just an address. 99 Fortis Green. No, I probably wouldn't have put the kisses on the end. And I thought you were fond of me. <laughs> but that's the building you just came out of. I couldn't get the TARDIS to materialize inside. Is it a unit facility? Uh, in a manner of speaking. Uh, try not to press anything, there's a good fellow. What goes on in there? I'm not sure I'm at liberty to say. It wouldn't be cellular degeneration, would it? This thing you're not at liberty to discuss? Not exactly. Although... Now that you mention it... Uh, watch where you're leaning. Oh, oh hey. sorry. Sorry. Oh. Ah! Ah! What did I do? Uh, doctor! Ah! Oh, no. What have I done? Ah! What have I done to you? Oh, never mind me. What have you done to my console? Get a fire extinguisher. Ah, you don't improve with age, Sullivan. Doctor, your face. Don't be personal. 
you've regenerated. But, Doctor, it's the wrong face. You should have turned into my Doctor. Except not here, not now. Been there, done that, I'm afraid. Uh, who am I now? Oh. Oh, now this. This was a coat. I don't understand. Oh, did you ever? Come along, Dr. Sullivan. I need you to show me what you've been working on. I can't. I promised. Promised? What? To whom? I can't tell you. Oh, nonsense. Let me speak to them. Who's in charge here? Harry, who do you answer to? To you, Doctor. A future you. Oh. Which one? Classified, apparently. So what you're saying is I'm your boss? I suppose. Then as your boss, I'm ordering you to show me what you're working on. Rose, it's your mother. Remember me? I know for will you get a signal in that machine of his. Would it kill you to call me back? I'm just ringing to say, if you get a minute, can you leave me a note last Wednesday to remind me about the bins? Blimey, size of this place, like a mansion. Oh, and I borrowed your last pair of tights. All right then, darling. Call me, please, sweetheart. I miss you. Yes? I'm looking for Lady Christina D'Souza. Why? It's about a job. Hello? Am I coming in, then? Hello? Stay right where you are and put your hands on your head. Why? What are you going to do? Frisk me? Yes. Oh, behave. Is your mum in? Pardon? Your mum? The woman at Bingo said to ask for Lady Christina. You're looking at her. Get out of here. You're the same age as my daughter. The title comes with birth. I was Lady Christina before I was toilet trained. Bingo. It's a game. Little balls with numbers on. Hmm. You said you were here about a job. That's right. What kind of job? Well, you tell me. People usually have something specific in mind. An artefact from a museum, a piece of jewellery from a private collection. What are you on about? I thought you were after a bit of hoovering and a run round with a chamois leather. Right. This woman at Bingo... What was her name? Melody something. Bit of a cut above the usual lot. Hair permed within an inch of its life, mind. She won every game and I don't think she looked at her cards once. She's the one who said you needed a cleaner. A cleaner? Well, she wasn't wrong either. Thought our Rose's bedroom was bad. When did you last run a mop along this floor? I find life's too interesting to worry about a little dust. Well, give me a job and then you won't have any dust to fret about. You can get on with... Well, whatever it is you people do all day. <laughs> you people? Oh, you know what I mean. Rich, posh. I bet your life's ever so fancy. OK, it does have its moments. All champagne and caviar? Hardly. Bet you ain't got a job, though. <laughs> I've got three. Well, I had three, until Harry Mary at the Shop and Save started going out with Big Darren. Right. She's had it in for me since we had that ding-dong at New Year's. Has she? Absolute brass neck of her. So that was me out of a job at the Minimart. And here I am. Yes, here you very much are. I should stop talking, shouldn't I? My mouth runs like a leaky tap. I'll shut up. Don't you dare. 
I want to hear all about the ding dong at New Year's. Degenerating? For want of a better word, I'm fluctuating between incarnations in no discernible order. And the weapon you mentioned? I need to trace its origin. And I'm wondering if your work here might help. I'm trying to identify the characteristics of a non-terrestrial element. Mm. Look, I'm not entirely sure I should have let you in here. Oh, nonsense, Harry. Whoever sent that note clearly intended us to meet. Or perhaps I sent it to myself. But you said you couldn't get the TARDIS to materialise inside the building. There must be a reason. Well, of course, there's a reason. There's a reason for everything, if you look hard enough. But what I mean is... Well, you must have put the security protocols in place for your own good. Uh, why is it so quiet? Where is everybody? There's nobody else here. What, no other unit operatives at all? Why so secret? Hmm. And what's down this corridor? Nothing. There's nothing down there. It's a dead end. Mm -hmm. Just a window looking out to the garden at the back. This is my lab here. I was asking about. Uh, oh, any chance? How does 20 pounds an hour sound? 20? All right, 30. Can you start today? Oh, pass me a mop. For 30 quid an hour, I can start yesterday. Seismic cadence regulators. Oh, temporal dimension shields. Well, this system you're developing, I could use it to detect esoterium. Esoterium? Well, it's an element I suspect plays a part in the degeneration weapon. Incredibly rare. Harmless to humans, toxic to Time Lords. What? Esoterium. That's the very element I've been studying. Ah. I've been developing a way of detecting its presence. There, you see? Whoever brought me here must have known that. Wait. When you say you've been studying it... I have a sample in this cylinder over here. Oh, I don't believe it. Don't worry, the casing is sealed. Oh, esoterium. But what is unit doing with it? The cells seem to be sending out a signal. Oh, esoterium cells are always trying to find each other. Elsewhere in London there's another sample calling out to this one, like Cathy at Heathcliff's window. You know, you're much more doctorish than the other one. Mm. Your experiment is good, Harry, but it's not perfect. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Fixing your calculations. You haven't accounted for a minuscule shift in Earth's gravitational pulse caused by a Zartron invasion two years ago. Now it's perfect. What's it doing? Finding Heathcliff. Gallifreyan code. 
coordinates. Somewhere in this building, there's a time portal. But it's locked, am I right? Usually. And the other piece of esoterium is contained within the key. That's what you've been looking for. Thank you, Harry. You've been most helpful. Doctor? Give my regards to myself, will you? Big finish for the love of stories.